It is Friday, November 19th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 11 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. Jared, there are definitely some players across positions that I'm going to be interested in seeing the ownership rates, the ownership projections on uh, this week. It starts, of course, I think with Chiefs, Cowboys, but there are plenty of guys across positions that are just, I'll, I'll be I'll be curious to see what's actually chalk and what's not this week. Yeah, I don't, I don't think many players are going to be super chalk this week. I think there's just a lot of good places to look. The Chiefs-Cowboys game is going to be most popular, but a lot of those guys are expensive, so it's kind of tough to really load up on that game. I am going to that Chiefs Cowboys game for my cash quarterback though. I do think there are some viable cheap quarterback plays this week. I tried to go that route last week with Carson Wentz and absolutely destroyed me. So I'm not going to mess around this week. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes, 7,600 bucks. That's actually his lowest main slate DraftKings price of the season. Um, Obviously had the big bounce back game last week. He has five games this season of 28 plus DraftKings points. So, you know, people want to act like it's been a down season for Mahomes, but he's, he's still been awesome for fantasy for the most part. Uh, the Chiefs have the highest implied total of the week at 29.25 points. The Cowboys, too, you know, there's been all this talk about Mahomes struggling against the the two high coverages. And, you know, Vegas did not play much of that on Sunday night, which is you know probably part of the reason Mahomes bounced back. Dallas is 25th in percentage of two high coverage this season. So it's another you know good spot like it was last week for Mahomes. I think he's going to have another big game. Yeah, Dallas not especially strong at safety, and the corners have come back to earth after a, a big se- a big start to the season in the interception category. I'm, of course, going to go cheaper because I can't bring <laughs> myself to pay the expensive price for a cash quarterback. And I'm going to look back to Tua Tungavailoa at 5500 bucks. I wanted him to be my cash QB a couple weeks ago. That was when he had a finger injury, and we didn't yet know that it was fractured, and we found out Sunday it was fractured, and all of a sudden it was Jacoby Brissett time again. He, of course, came back last week on Thursday night against Baltimore after Brissett got hurt and played well. I mean, I guess the finger was good enough to play and they were just being overly cautious before that. Of course, the last two healthy games that we saw from Tua, 290 plus yards and six total touchdown passes in that span. So I think in a good matchup with the jets, I don't feel worried about going down to that level. I'm not, I'm not concerned about him doing the same thing that Carson Wentz did to me last week as well. Um, because he's been playing better lately than Carson Wentz has, basically. Yeah, and Tua put in full practices on Thursday and Friday and is not on the final injury report at all. So I'm not super concerned about that finger injury anymore. Um, I, I do think he is the best cheap quarterback play for cash. I did think it was going to be Cam Newton, but then Matt Rule comes out today and says, you know, Newton's going to start, but P.J. Walker is probably going to play too. So I don't think you can play Newton in cash if you know he's not going to be out there for 100% of the snaps. Why in the world would you plan to rotate quarterbacks if one of them is at least far enough along to start? What do you gain by getting PJ Walker in for some plays? Right. I mean, I mean, Cam's been there for a week and it's a brand new offense. So maybe he's just not ready. But at that point, like just start PJ Walker one more game and then then go to Cam next week. I, I, I don't know. Exactly. If that's the case, have a cam package that you put in the game. But if he's opening the game, it, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense to me, especially because you're going to somebody who barely has any NFL experience anyway. So whatever it, it's. 
I, I guess it's kind of annoying, but I at least didn't want to play Cam Newton anyway, so it makes it easier yeah. for me to not do that. GPP side, what do you like at QB? Right. I do still think Cam's in play for tournaments at that price tag. Um, I mean, he could play, you know, 80% of the snaps and, and score two rushing touchdowns, and he, he pays off at that price tag. But, you know, there there are a lot of good quarterback options this week to me. So th- this is a week where you know, I've, I've been trying to focus on, like, two to three stacks in my, you know, four to six tournament lineups. This week I might go, like, six different stacks in my tournament lineup. So I like both sides of the Chiefs-Cowboys game. I want to get, you know, pieces of that. The Cowboys side now with Amari Cooper out um, – you know, that hurts Dak a bit, but to me, it makes him easier to stack with, you know, really CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Dalton Schultz as your stacking options now with Dak Prescott. So I'm still going to be playing Dak. I'm going to play both sides of the Bengals Raiders game as well, both Joe Burrow and Derek Carr. You know, two pass heavy offenses. That game has the second highest over under of the week behind Chiefs Cowboys. So I think that's kind of the, the sneaky game. You know, it's possible. Bengals Raiders ends up higher scoring than, than Chiefs Cowboys. Um, and then Tua, I have Tua down for, for tournament here. Um, you know, love the matchup against the Jets. As you mentioned, he's had those two big games. He's had two, you know, 26 plus point, 25 plus point DraftKings games. So he has shown tournament winning upside this season. Yeah, you you think you kind of have to go up to the expensive quarterbacks to get that tournament winning ceiling, but I, I think we can get it in some cheaper options this week, and it'll help you fit in some of the other pieces. I have Tua in play here as well. Jalen Waddle is third in dollars per point among wide receivers in our projections, um, and I like the cost, you know, most of all on Tua and Jalen Waddle versus everybody else. I really like the Joe Burrow stack too. Sixty six hundred bucks. He's got T Higgins at fifty four hundred available. Jamar Chase at seventy two hundred. It's not too expensive. And then CJ Uzama at 3,500 in a Joe Burrow lineup. The Raiders are the fifth best scoring matchup for tight ends by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Jonathan Abram, their safety is coming off a terrible game. His worst coverage grade of the season gave up a lot to Travis Kelsey in that game, gave up a 30 yard touchdown catch to Evan Ingram the game before. Also gave up the long touchdown to Daryl Williams that we saw last week. So he's in a bad place. It's a good matchup there. And then there's also Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller available as potential runbacks. Not sure that I'll get to either of those guys. Renfro is at least more attractive for DK than he is for FanDuel mm-hmm. because he's coming off three straight seven catch games. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stack Waller with or sorry Carr with Waller and Renfro, and then I, I think Waller would be my runback on the um, Burrow team. I just think you know Waller has the the higher ceiling at his at his position versus Renfro. I think. And I'm going to guess that Joe Mixon draws higher ownership than Joe Burrow. It, I, I, maybe it's close between him and Jamar Chase, but I would guess that Mixon's easily the highest owned Bengal this week. I think I think it'll be T. Higgins actually at that at that price. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good point. Yeah, I, I do think Burrow and Chase will both be lower owned because they're, they're both actually I think a bit overpriced. Um, which again, I don't care about too much in tournaments. I'm just looking for that you know ceiling that quarterback one week, and I do think Burrow has that in his in his range of outcomes this week. Mm-hmm. Running back for cash, is it impossible to get away from AJ Dillon as a starting point at six thousand bucks? Yeah, sixty two hundred bucks. Um, yeah, I, I think you know he's. I think he's a good bet for for you know fifteen plus carries. Could get up around twenty. We'll see about the passing game role. You know he, he's already averaging you know close to two targets per game this season though alongside Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones leaves behind four point uh, seven targets per game and, and you know Dillon has been efficient in the passing game this season. He's caught. 89% of his targets average 12.3 yards per catch. So he, he can catch the football. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely playing Dylan and cash. I'm, I'm not going to not play Christian McCaffrey in cash at this point. I mean, the, the role he's back into just 8,900 bucks. I mean, he was McCaffrey was up in the 10,000s at points last season. Um, so I still think he's underpriced here. 
And I like James Conner as a third cash game play at 6,100 bucks. If Kyler Murray is in for Arizona, I'd say, because we saw kind of the downside for Connor and the entire offense if they have to go back to Colt McCoy. But Connor's usage was kind of, you know, exactly what we wanted without Chase Edmonds. Uh, last week, 82% of the Cardinals snaps, uh, 10 of the 16 running back carries, four targets. Um, so if Kyler's back and the offense is back to what it was, you know, earlier this season, I think Connor is, is a running back one that you're getting at, you know, 6,100 bucks. Yeah, there's so much at running back that we haven't even mentioned Jeff Wilson Jr. or Mark Ingram, and I think that's because they might even be more of GPP than cash plays here. I mean, they're stepping in for high touch volume guys and should get those jobs to themselves pretty much this week in you know matchups that aren't scary, especially Jeff Wilson against Jacksonville. But you know, it's like you don't even need to get to them because there's all this available in cash. Miles Gaskins, one more that I definitely want to throw into the mix though, fifty seven hundred bucks. Gets the Jets this week, like I said, with Tua. I'm probably not playing Tua and a wideout and Gaskin in the same cash lineup. I could play Tua and Gaskin, though, and skip a wideout because Gaskin, of course, catches plenty of balls. And most importantly, his matchup with the Jets finds a defense that's allowing six more PPR points per game two running backs than any other team in the league. If you go another six points per game down from the number two team, you get all the way to the number 10 defense. So a big gap between one and two. And like I said, you can either stack them or use them separately. If you're not using two for cash, if you're wanting to play a higher price quarterback, Miles Gaskin at 5,700 even gives you savings versus AJ Dillon and James Conner. Yeah, I like that call. Tournament side for me, I, I think there are two like expensive pivots kind of off Christian McCaffrey, who I do think is going to be expensive. Nick Chubb, 7,800 bucks. You know, I would not play him in cash coming off the COVID list. I think there's a possibility he's you know somewhat limited and they, they mix in Dearness Johnson more than they, they would if you know, Chubb wasn't coming off COVID. But, I mean, the Lions matchup, 29th in football outsiders run defense, 30th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. Cleveland has a 27.5 point implied total. That's like fourth highest among main slate offenses. You know, they're facing Tim Boyle at quarterback. Like, they're going to be playing with a lead. They're going to be able to run it a ton. If you give me, you know, 20 carries from Chubb against this defense, I think he, he could, you know, definitely lead the slate in, in points this week. Tim Boyle is a local anchor, man. He's not an NFL quarterback. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. I think a couple other expensive guys, Dalvin Cook, 8,200, Ezekiel Elliott, 7,700. Those are the kind of players that I'm curious to see just how high the ownership projections go because there is so much available in various price ranges. You know, Zeke is in that centerpiece matchup that looked like it was going to kind of control things on the DFS slate early in the week. I'm not sure it's going to be quite as high you know, ownership levels for everybody as it seemed like early on, but it'll still be up there. And really I'm, I'm just mining that whole group of players that we already talked about uh, when I'm making GPP lineups, maybe a little bit less <laughs> McCaffrey here because I think he'll be highly owned. And there's at least some risk with that dual quarterback system that things just don't go well. And at, at the very least that the touch count goes disappointingly for McCaffrey here. Yeah, um, I, I like the Zeke call. He was kind of the other pivot off McCaffrey. I like. I do think the passing game of the Cowboys is going to be more popular than Zeke, so you know, kind of get some leverage there. Don't don't forget about Daryl Williams either. You know, we'll see about Clyde Edwards-Alaire tomorrow. You know, uh, Saturday at four p.m. Eastern, they'll need to activate him if he's going to play. But if he's out, Daryl Williams just fifty four hundred bucks still. He's been getting running back one level usage. Um, so you know, he he's a good pivot off of Mahomes in the Chiefs passing game. So much running back. The the difficult thing this week is to decide who to use, not, you know, like who to leave out, I guess, as opposed to who really fits in your lineup. Wide receiver for cash. What do you like? 
Yeah, you mentioned Jalen Waddle. Um, I'm playing him in cash at 5,600 bucks. Over the last five weeks, he is third among wide receivers and targets. He's seventh in air yards. He's eighth in PPR points. Devontae Parker, Will Fuller still out on Sunday. So Waddle's going to you know see good volume against the Jets, who are dead last in football outsiders, pass defense, DVOA. So I like Waddle. And then right below Waddle, T. Higgins, who we mentioned too at 5,400 bucks. Um, it kind of started to get going, going into the bye. He had 13 plus DK points in each of his last three games. Kind of been on a touchdown drought. He hasn't scored since week two, but you know, the volume has been there. 8.4 targets since returning from injury. Um, pretty good matchup here, too, against Vegas. They're 22nd in football outsiders past D. Yeah, I like both of those guys, and it's easy to like the fact that T. Higgins is $1,800 cheaper than Jamar Chase here. Um, for helping to fit some of those more expensive players, you know, if you need some salary savings, I think Cedric Wilson at 3200 bucks is cash playable with Amari Cooper out of that game. He's seen 15 targets over the last three games that Michael Gallup did not play. Of course, Gallup returned last week. Actually, has Gallup been back for two games now, or was that just his first game last week? Last week was his first game back. Okay. That's what I thought. And I was starting to doubt myself as I was talking about it. So yeah, just before that, Cedric Wilson had 15 targets over three games. And that's not a great number for a higher priced wideout, but we'll take that for a $3,200 wideout <laughs> in a high upside offense. And then I think Rashad Bateman is also worth consideration at 4,500. If you don't need quite as much salary savings, but you're looking for somebody that's a decent bet for targets. I think he beats Michael Gallup on floor. If you're looking at Michael Gallup, as a cash option at quarterback, or I mean, at wide receiver. Yeah, I have Bateman here too. I think he's in play for cash. I like him in tournaments. Um, so he has eight targets in two straight games now. Marquise Brown is listed as questionable for Sunday. He only practiced on Friday. I think he's going to play. But then you have uh, Miles Boykin was ruled out. You know, he's been mixing in for a few snaps. And Devin Duvernay is now listed as questionable. He was added to the injury report on Friday. Duvernay actually played, played the second most snaps among Ravens wide receivers last week. So like if Duvernay is out, um, that should mean more playing time for Rashad Bateman, even, you know, if Marquise Brown is in. So I, I liked Bateman even before all those wide receiver injuries for the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, even with Brown around, even with Duvernay around, uh, Rashad Bateman has seen at least 18 and a half percent target share every single one of his games so far. GPP side, uh, I, I got to think that Michael Gallup is going to draw high ownership now mm -hmm. with Amari Cooper out. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he'll be one of the more popular wide receivers. I, I think you can still play him. Um, again, you don't need to fade guys just because they're chalky. Just get get some lower owned guys in, in, in every lineup and you're fine. Yeah, I think Michael Gallup for me, though, is the kind of guy to fade when the ownership is high because he's definitely no lock for, uh, you know, a good target count. He's he's basically Mike Williams, but with even more target competition around him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to see him really disappointing volume wise on Sunday you know, with Amari Cooper out. And Las Dallas is playing with the lead and they're able to run the ball and Dak only throws it 30 times. And th then I could see it. Um, I don't know. It's just such a good price, forty-two hundred bucks. He lets you get so much else in there. I mean, he's, he's obviously not a must-play in tournaments, but I'm going to be mixing him in for sure. I'm going to mix in some Tyler Lockett too. Um, Six thousand bucks just seems super cheap for a guy with his type of ceiling. Um, Lockett opened the season at sixty-seven hundred bucks. He got all the way up to seventy-four hundred dollars on, on DraftKings. So you know he is he's cheap this week. Russell Wilson's the risk. You know we talked about him on yesterday's pod, just how bad he was in that first game back. He's at, he put in a full week of practice this week. He's not listed on the final injury report. I don't know exactly what that means, but, you know, theoretically he should be healthier now than he was last week. And then Lockett last year, you remember the 200-yard, three-touchdown game? That that came against the Cardinals, and he caught nine balls for 67 yards and a score in the other game against Arizona. And Arizona has shut down D.K. Metcalf 
all four of their meetings, you know, since Metcalf entered the league, it's been Lockett who's, you know, been better against this defense. So I'm, I'm going to take a shot on him at that price tag. Yeah, it was Patrick Peterson in, in primary coverage on DK Metcalf. He's gone, but it's not like Patrick Peterson was a shutdown yeah. corner right before he left. Otherwise, he'd still be in Arizona instead mm-hmm. of leaving for Minnesota after last season. So, yeah, I, I can't I can't fight against using Tyler Lockett here. I'm not sure I can get to it after how bad things went last week, especially because I have Tyler Lockett and season long stuff for if yeah. he does rebound this week. But I, I'm I'm not going to try to talk anybody off of Tyler Lockett usage. Good. It's also worth noting that Buda Baker is questionable for this game. The Cardinals expect him to play, but he's got a heel injury that's bad enough that it, it significantly limited his practice time this week. Um, so probably going to be at less than 100% for the game. Also looking down in the cheap range, because there are lots of higher priced wideouts to choose from, including guys we mentioned on the cash side. But down in the cheap range, I think Marcus Johnson is also interesting at 3500 bucks, similar to the price for Cedric Wilson that I mentioned. Uh, Jared, you mentioned on the Thursday pod that he has looked like the Julio Jones replacement in the Tennessee lineup, playing on that outside spot opposite A.J. Brown as the two primary edge guys. Over 60% playing time for Johnson three times this year, including last week. And each of those games has seen him get at least five targets. So he's going to be involved most likely. You know, it's an easy matchup for whatever they decide to do. Uh, I guess I say that. It seemed like an easy matchup for Josh Allen and Carson Wentz the past two weeks, yeah. too. So maybe I should give the Jaguars a little more credit, but it's still an upside spot. Byron Pringle is my um, cheap guy down there. Now, he, he was second among Chiefs wide receivers and pass routes last week, saw five targets in that game. So you know, if that stays this week, you know, 3400 bucks for the Chiefs number two wide receiver, I, th- I think he's worth a shot in tournaments. And of course, I misspoke. I said that the uh, Titans are playing the Jaguars, but they're playing the Texans this week. So I don't have to give them any credit because they didn't just shut down. It's a different, Josh Allen. It's a different crappy pass defense. <laughs> exactly. I do think Marcus Johnson is also in play in that 3K range if you're looking for a cheap wideout who has a good target outlook. Uh, A.J. Brown is another player that I'm curious to see the expected roster rate for come Sunday mm-hmm. morning. Because if he's anywhere in single-digit territory, I think he becomes a focal point for building these tournament lineups. Houston's a neutral scoring matchup for wide receivers. And I mean, AJ Brown's AJ Brown. He had a bad week last week against Marshawn Lattimore, which we're probably not giving Marshawn Lattimore enough credit right now for the way that he's been playing in recent weeks. Yeah. Well, the Titans messed up there by taking AJ Brown out of the slot when, you know, that was the best spot to use him with the saints missing their slot guy. But anyways, yeah, I, I think AJ Brown's going to be super alone coming off the goose egg um, or not the goose egg cut one ball. Um, but you have C.D. Lamb right beneath him in price. And then you know, people are going to go up to Devonta Adams and Tyree Kill if they, they really want to spend up. So I, I think you're going to get Adams super low owned. I, I like that call. Tight end for cash. What do you plan? I mean, Dan Arnold is in play again. I don't know if we need to talk about him anymore. I mean, we've we've talked about him the past few weeks. I think 4100 bucks. Cole Komet, though, actually pops as our top points per dollar value at tight end. Um, you know, Already averaging 6.3 targets per game over the last four games now. Allen Robinson is not going to play on Sunday. So yeah, that, it's, it's Komet and Darnell Mooney, and then not much else in the passing game. So I think Komet is a really good volume bet for the price tag, and the matchup's good here too. You know, Baltimore's weakest spot on defense is tight end coverage. Football Outsider says them 16th in tight end coverage, and they're 27th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, and Cole Komet has seen a pretty good target counts lately, five, six, six, and eight over the past four games. I mean, he's basically Dan Arnold this week for $700 less, especially when you factor in Allen Robinson almost definitely being out. And Cole Komet had a six for 87 receiving line his last time out on eight targets against Pittsburgh. So 
you don't have to project too much. Like you, like you mentioned, the matchup's great. So I like Cole Komet right now more than I reasonably should this week. Agreed. <laughs> GPP, what do you like? And my, my um tournament tight end pool is way too big, so I got to work on whittling it down. But um, I, I, I like Mike Gusecki, you know, definitely on your Tua teams. Coming off the goose egg, Gusecki, I think that's going to keep his ownership down. Good matchup against the Jets, obviously. I really like Dalton Schultz, another guy coming off a disappointing game. Um, hopefully the Mari Cooper situation doesn't get more people on Schultz. Uh, but he still ran her out on 80% of the dropbacks last week. And, you know, Cooper's going to free up some targets. I think Schultz is going to take some of those. And then Dawson Knox, I'm an, another guy coming off a disappointing game last week, just one target in his return. But he ran her out on 74% of the pass plays. Um, that That's a, a fine number. And the Colts are dead last in adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. I think it's going to be a pass-heavy game plan from Buffalo against a, a Colts defense that's just much better against the run than the pass. And, um, you know, with Cole Beasley – still de- dealing with his rib injury. Um, you know, that really should push more action towards Knox on Sunday. Yeah. And the Colts are the worst team in the league by our adjusted fantasy points allowed in stopping tight ends from scoring fantasy points. So yeah, it's a great spot for Dawson Knox. He's somebody that I have down And last week. His snap share was his second largest of the year. So the one target is a little bit deceiving there. I also think that CJ Uzama is a price pivot from Cole Komet in that range. Um, and I, Obviously a factor, a potential factor, if you're starting Joe Burrow at quarterback, I think the situation is good enough that you can consider Uzama for that price, even in a non-Joe Burrow lineup. Jonathan Abram, I mentioned already, allowed four for 72 to Travis Kelsey last week. The Raiders overall have allowed the fifth most adjusted fantasy points (laughs) to the position. So it's just a good spot. And Uzama has been involved enough that you know if we get him a couple extra targets here it could be a really big game but even if we just get three catches and some yardage chance at a touchdown yep. uh, that's really all we need from $3,500 tight end yep I like it defense uh, Browns get Tim Boyle they're $3,100 here on DraftKings. I mean it might end up being the chalkiest defense of all time don't you think did you did, I, I almost think it's not right did you see these Tim Boyle numbers in college I looked them up today they, I saw they, that you they, listed them. They don't even seem real. He had 12 <laughs> touchdowns in four seasons and, tw- and 26 interceptions. So, yeah, I, it's it, it'd be scary to, you know, at least in tournament or at least in cash to not play the Browns because they're going to be super high owned. Um, but I, I just kind of want to match everyone else in case they put up 20. I'm not going to get buried. Um, you know, tournaments is always a case to fade a high owned defense. I do like the Panthers at 2700 bucks. I just think they're, they're, they've been underpriced all season on DraftKings for just how good of a defense they are. They're at home against Washington on Sunday. You know, uh, the football team has the fifth lowest implied total on the main slate, so I like them. And I do think the Ravens, too, um, $200 more than the Browns. You know, no one's going to be on the Ravens because they're you know more expensive than Cleveland. But, you know, they, they do get Justin Fields, who has been better lately but has struggled against the Blitz. I think the Ravens are going to, you know, bless the crap out of them on Sunday. There's, there's going to be some sack and turnover turnover uh, upside for, for Baltimore. I think I'm keeping it focused on the Browns or the Panthers at 2,700. I've got those two down uh, as well. I'm, I don't know. It's, it's a little scary to not play the Browns when they're that close to the cheaper defenses in this matchup. Yeah, maybe Tim Boyle surprises. I can't say that I've looked back a whole lot on his time in Eastern Kentucky to see exactly what we're dealing with, but uh, the Lions like him more than David Blau, apparently. So that's uh, something for him, I guess. He he was even bad in the preseason this year. I looked up the PFF passing grades. He he was near the bottom in their passing grades in the preseason this year. So, but man, I mean, if if they're going to be like 30, 40% owned in tournaments, I think they're a good fade because I mean, 
they could have a good real life game if they don't score a touchdown and the Panthers do like the Panthers are probably going to outscore them. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I certainly get the logic, any defense that scores a touchdown. And if any of them get two, then, you know, that is the one to own. It's just like, I don't know. I don't We haven't seen many matchups like this. The, the lions were already one of the best scoring matchups with their starting quarterback in. And now we get the guy who's not good enough to be talked about when Jared Goff is, is healthy. Yeah, the Lions implied totals down to 15 points. It opened at 18 and a half. It's probably still high. I mean, they scored, what, 16 last week in yeah. five quarters? Yep. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this Week 11 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Get more player recommendations. If you're a DS Insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.